and welcome to a new episode of Digital Coffee, and I'm your host, Brett Dyster. If you please subscribe to Digital Coffee and all your favorite podcasting apps, leave a five-star review, it really does help with the rankings. But this week I'm going to be talking about a new Razer product that is basically similar to the Stream Deck. I'm going to be talking about AMD, Diablo 4, Last of Us new mod for PC. Can Windows 10 or is Windows 10 going to be running on the Steam or Stream Deck? Steam Deck, sorry, Steam Deck. And then the new Twitch CEO saying something. And then I'm going to be talking about the review of The Last of Us Part 1. And then also going to be talking about why Blizzard customer service sucks. Because it really does not have a great experience with them at all. Anyways, let's get on with the show. Mmm, that's good. All right, moving on to the new Razer Stream Controller X. Yes, it's, it's got an X on there. But it basically looks like a, a Steam Deck, or Stream Deck, I should say. Excuse me, Stream Deck. And it uses the Loop Deck software for it. Now, if you don't know, Loop Deck is more... It was more towards basically content creation, helping with all those tools. The bigger one had like a dial on it, but then they had a shorter one and then they brought out a Razer version, which basically was just the smaller version of the loop deck. And now Razer has actually made their own, but looks like a original stream deck. It's got 15 programmable LED buttons, LCD buttons on there. So you can do just about anything from now it just really says Spotify, Philips Hue, Adobe Photoshop, Voice Mod, OBS Studios, Twitch, Streamlabs, Premiere Pro, and a lot more voice. And I said voice mods already on there. So if you were Team Razor, that's fine. I I I still have a loop deck. I'm actually rearranging my office a little bit more and I'm going to be using the loop deck as more of a travel type of a thing because it does work out quite well. So it's, it's basically just a complete just competitor to the stream deck, but I feel like the stream deck has more integrations, more things you can do with it. And the loop deck is a little lacking on a lot of that stuff. But teach his own. If you are Team Razor, for the most part, this could be good because it does use. I'm pretty sure it does use a Synapse as well. But you will also have to use the Loop Deck software to actually use it and utilize it the most. Like I said, there's some softwares lacking on it. But if it, you buy it from Razor, it's $150, so it's the same price as the Stream Deck Mach 2. But the Mach 2 also has a removable faceplate, which you can do things with it as well. It does have. They both have detachable cables, USB-C to USB-A, so there really is not much of a difference other than it just, it's just Razer. So, like I said, if you want that, that's fine, but again, that's where we are. Now, it w I will say that it does... it does look interesting, and like I said, if you're looking for a competitor from the stream deck, this is probably the best competitor or the most similar to it that you can get. But beyond that, I wouldn't say there's much anything other than that. 
All right, moving on to Diablo 4. And it looks like they're making a ton of changes to the pl from the player feedback to the game. So, for example, it looks like they're going to be changing the dungeon type of layout so it's not as much backtracking which i did have an issue with because every time you finished it you had to go all the way back and it's like why why did you just have like a extra like a portal or something just to get me out of this instead of going all the way back to wherever i need to go it was a little weird and not very fun to do it as well now there's gonna be some changes to the classes the druids companion skill will now deal Heavily increased damage. All ultimate skills have had their own cooldowns reduced. The usage of Maul and Pulverize have been improved. And using a non-shape-shifting skill will now transform a druid back to their human form. The Necromancer's summoned minions will die more often, meaning players will need to utilize corpses more often. Meanwhile, many Book of the Dead stat bonuses have been increased. The corpse explosion skill has had its damage reduced and the brightness of skeletal warriors and mages have been lowered. Also for the rogue subterfuge skill has been, has had their bonuses increased alongside multiple passive skills with all imbuement skills have had their cooldowns increased. There's been a few other changes as well, but mostly these are just kind of the few things that, Need, uh, needed to be addressed. And I do agree with the dungeons needed to have less backtracking. I don't like backtracking all the way through back through the dungeon just to get out of it. That's kind of annoying and really doesn't go well with the flow of the game. So they could have just looked at what Diablo 3 and Diablo 2 did, which I think Diablo 2, once you did everything, there was a portal to get out of it. And so you could get easily. And that probably should have been what they did for Diablo 4. Beyond that, it was still pretty fun. All right, moving on to The Last of Us Part 1. And there is a mod that basically makes it a first-person shooter instead of the third-person shooters that it is, which actually makes it even more interesting because you probably can shoot a lot better than third-person mode. I kind of felt like with third-person mode in The Last of Us, it was a little bit harder to shoot and get those headshots, but not too much. It was pretty easy all around, but... This just makes it a lot easier and a lot more brutal because you're looking at this from a first-person viewpoint instead of a third-person viewpoint, and it does look great. They're still working on it, so it's not, I guess, fully done yet, but I do like this mod. This mod does look very interesting. Apparently, there's another mod to actually play as Pedro Pascal as the original character, Joel, as the character instead of the original just character model that it is. That's interesting as well, but this one does look the most promising and I hope that they implement this and get this done so you can play it as first person shooter in The Last of Us Part 1. All right, moving on to the Steam Deck and Windows 11. And it looks like Windows 11 could run on the Steam Deck through the Microsoft Hackathon. So it looks like footage has been teased that there is a specific OS version of it that could actually run and make it have Windows 11 on it. Now, this could be very interesting because if they can do that and use ARM-based architecture with it and then actually make compatible software for it, this could actually be an interesting thing. You could use Outlook, you could use other things within that realm, and that just makes it even more compelling with this windows for steam deck, but it won't be as good as steam OS. Steam OS is very 
nice. It's works very well. It's very slick, but I mean, obviously it's still a work in progress, but I do like where it's going. And I do like that this, you could dual boot either way and have windows 11 or 12. I'm more thinking that windows 12 could actually be something really good for this. If they actually push into the arm architecture and use that as a type of, I guess, way of getting low spec machines to work with windows. All right, moving on uh, to Twitch and the new CEO has finally talked about the platform's future, etc., and the fact that they had to let go of 400 people recently and the also the fact that it's still quote unquote doing well even though TikTok and YouTube gaming has kind of gone up in and brought a lot of competition to them as well, but it's they still say that it's still one of the best places to do it. Now, I agree with a lot of creators saying that you shouldn't rely solely on streaming. You should use streaming as your kind of over-encompassing content strategy and use videos and other types of content strategy to actually work with that as well. But beyond that, it's... It's, it's really up to what you want to do with it. But yes, the revenue split has, or subscription revenues for creators have gone down from 70% to 50%. This is just to, for them to make more money because they probably aren't making that much money through ads and everything else because ads are super annoying as they are. And they just always want you to push more ads to people, but should be interesting to see how well this goes or where this goes with it. I I don't see much of a future with live as much as just sh shorts or vertical videos and then longer video longs or VODs or whatever you want to call those. Those are probably the two primary ways and mainstays of actually doing it. Plus with podcasting, which also helps as well. Live is okay. It's had, it had its limelight for a little while, but it's just not where it needs to be. And it's a shame because it could have done much better, but there's just no innovation until AV one really hits the ground running with this. And they make actual 4k type of way of doing 4k through all this stuff. You're still stuck with just what you have. All right, moving on to the last of us part one. I did actually finish this game and it was a very interesting game. Now, I've already played it and beat it on the PlayStation, so there really wasn't much of a surprise or anything else. I kind of knew how the game was going to end, and given the fact that the show is now out for the first season, it's interesting to see what the show did, plus with what that game actually did. So the game, for the most part, was how... I think the main theme for me, the story-wise, was how to keep going when you lose loved ones. I mean, that's really the thing with a lot of these zombie type things is that how do you keep going, keep caring for people and keep yourself sane through all this craziness of it. And it, I mean, it really hits home with that as Joel tries to basically be a father figure to Ellie and how Ellie's trying to be her own person as well. And the fact that he's trying to protect her, but also understand that, she is trying to be a normal teenager and wants to do her own thing and wants to help out as much as she can as well. The biggest controversy was the bill thing. So in the TV series, they basically had 
because they wanted to inject some LGBTQ+, because that's what they apparently always want to do now, and how this was just showing them in the TV show how they were a loving couple, blah, 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 and then Bill dies in the TV show, which he doesn't in the game. In the game, he is a loner, basically, and he never leaves his city. And the funny part is, in the game... His partner did not like him after a while. Basically said that he wanted to get out of the city and he was stuck in his ways and that that's the reason why he left. And then again, basically this main storyline of last of us is how do you keep on moving when your loved ones die? How do you keep going? How do you do that with so much threat, so much danger with the zombies and everything else. That's the main thing. And that's also the main thing within bill, which I liked the games version of bill because it actually had something that speaks to the human, to every one of us. How do you keep going when your loved ones leave and then die? And that's a good functional story or side story from the main story as well, which is the main story, which I won't really revealed too much or at all is just protecting Ellie and making sure that she gets to where she needs to get. And then he has to make really difficult decisions towards the end of what he's going to do. And also reconciliation with his brother and kind of that family dynamic as well. It's just a very, it was better written for the game because it was written a while ago where things weren't as crazy as they are now, but it was it was better written. Neil Druckmann did a lot better when he was younger than when he's older. He apparently cares more about virtue signaling than actually telling a good story. So overall story wise, I give it an eight for technical bugs. I didn't really see too much. I did hit some basically crashing. I hit about three or four times crashing. I didn't notice a lot of the other bugs that people were having in general. So I can't really talk much about that, but I mean, it's the same. It's, it's a lot easier on PC. So I played normal and I would probably say if you can shoot and you got skills to shoot, I probably play it harder or above because it's a little too easy on normal by itself. You're a little, you're given a little too much grace for a PC game for that because you can actually aim a lot better on PC than on controller. So Overall, the design and everything, I give it a six. It's okay. It's 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 not great. It's okay and everything else. The game is playable for the most part, but there were just a lot of issues. I think the biggest one was the shaders loading took way too long, and that's very weird. And this was an obvious misstep from Sony because the other ones that launched were a lot better, technically speaking, than the last of us. Now, are we going to get last of us Two? I don't know. Maybe last of us. Part one is the better of the two right now. And you can disagree with me on that on all in all, but all in all, I probably would the over encompassing the story wise and just technical issues and just really nothing changed between when it was first released on the PS3 to now I give it a six out of 10. It's, it's okay. I mean, it's more of a movie than anything else. I mean, there is some action in between it, but it's mostly just 
story is the main thing and it does have a great story, but with technical issues and just not really anything changing from the, basically the aspect of just the gameplay wise, it's a six out of 10. All right, moving on to my interesting tale of Blizzard and their customer service. Now, on Sunday, actually last Sunday on Easter, I got an email saying that uh, my account's been banned on Overwatch 2, and it really wouldn't tell me why. They just said, you violated code of conduct, and check out the code of conduct page. And I'm like, well, that doesn't help me whatsoever. You can't even tell me what I did wrong? Well, this is a little weird, so I got mad. And I had to figure out what happened and I figured out that somebody logged into my account from Hong Kong, even though I had blizzards authentication app, which should have alerted me that someone was trying to log into my account. Unfortunately that didn't happen at all, which was weird. So somebody decided to looks like play overwatch two for me and cheat. And so I had to go through and be like, look at, there's obviously someone compromised my account. Someone since it's from Hong Kong and a lot of times, mostly the cheaters come from China. I had to say someone logged into my account. I'm pretty sure that, that the reason why you banned me because someone uh, you thought I cheated and it was somebody else there. So I gave them that and they're like, Oh, they resolved my ticket, which was weird. Cause they didn't do anything. Like, oh, it's going to take a few days for us to, check it out and do all this stuff. And so you can't comment up to us because we already solved your ticket and you can't reply to the email that we sent you because it's a no reply. I'm like, okay, fine. And then I had to check. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. And they unbanned me, but they didn't tell me through email that they unbanned me. I'm like, oh, so I just have to always check my account now that you can even tell me, which is funny because Originally, they said that they fully investigated this and I basically broke code of conduct. And then I was like, well, no, I was actually hacked and someone else was playing my account for me. And then they had to fully investigate what they already fully investigated. And I'm like, okay, you didn't really fully investigate anything. And then I had to fully investigate for you, which is a little weird that you couldn't figure out through your own teams what actually happened. It 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 was a terrible experience. Like... You banned me and you didn't even tell me that there was some suspicious activity, but you just outright banned me where I had to defend myself on a crime. I didn't even know what I committed because you wouldn't tell me what infraction that I did, which is really weird coming from a country like America where the basic principles of basically the accuser tells you what crime you committed. And instead it was just, you committed a crime, go figure it out yourself and it's like, I, sh I shouldn't have to do that. You should tell me what you thought I did. And then I can come back and be like, what? I didn't do that. Especially since it said recent activities. And I didn't play for two weeks. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Recent activities a week, two weeks, three, a month, two days. I'm, I didn't know. I mean, all in all, I didn't get my, I got my account unbanned, but it was just a, a living hassle just to figure out what happened and what I did. And then they couldn't tell me at all. And it's just like, you guys got to do better in customer service. I mean, Blizzard, you're not a small company anymore. And you need to have better customer service where they don't resolve tickets and you can't actually comment back on it or at least tell you that you've been on or like, I mean, fully investigated. We're sorry. 
your account has been restored. Please change your password if you haven't already, which is fine. Like I get that part, but I didn't even get any of that. I just got, lo and behold, I'm unbanned because I was right. I didn't actually cheat. It was somebody else that cheated on my account because why would I cheat on my own account that I have a bunch of different skins for? That's stupid. But I mean, it's just since the pandemic that we've had terrible customer service and it's just not getting any better. It's just people just do not care on the experience of the customer. And then the, the customer's like, why am I supporting you guys for more terrible customer experience? So I really haven't played Overwatch because I just don't feel like playing Overwatch because I got I got banned for no re real reason at all except for someone apparently cheated and then I had to go figure out what actually happened. Very, very strange. But yes, I am unbanned from Blizzard or Overwatch 2, I should say. And everything, I guess, is fine, but it's not really fine because I just really am irritated with what they did to me. But Teaches own. I just think that Blizzard can do way, way better on their customer service side and actually tell you what you did wrong if you violate one of their code of conduct. Hey, you did violate this. This is why we're banning you or suspending you or whatever. That's a better way. But all these tech companies are like, you violated something. Go figure it out. And it's like, well, you can't. Why would you just not tell me exactly what I violated so I can understand? Because you're afraid that I could come back and be like, well, I actually didn't do that which I did. And it's just one of those things where like, we won't really tell you been what you've been banned for, but you just been banned because we figured it out. So go figure it out yourself. And you're like, wait, what? Not a good experience whatsoever. But anyways, that is the end of digital coffee. And thank you for listening to digital coffee. As always, please subscribe to digital coffee and all your favorite podcasting apps. Leave a five-star review if you can. Really does help with the rankings. And join me next week to talk about what's going on in the PC gaming industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get to making sure your accounts are secure so you are don't get hacked. And see you next week. Later. <laughs>